going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with another preview. We're here to talk about NXT Stand and Deliver 2022, but before I even get into that, you'll be seeing this. This will pop up in your feed around noon on Thursday of WrestleMania week. First of all, happy WrestleMania week. I hope you're having a good one. But if you're seeing this and you're also interested in Impact and you're also interested in ROH, go back to the video that dropped at about 10 a.m. today. That was myself and Guapo doing a uh, a dual preview of uh, Impact Wrestling's Multiverse of Madness as well as ROH's Supercard of Honor. I had to bring Guapo along because there was a lot of stuff that I, especially on the ROH, um, in the ROH context obviously, that I wasn't too familiar with. So it was great to have Guapo back on the show. Sometime, at some point, he and I are going to catch up as far as AEW is concerned. There's a lot of stuff going on in AEW right now. Uh, there won't be a Dynamite review this week, if you haven't figured that out already. I will mention very, very quickly that it is very cool that we just saw the debut of Tony Storm as part of the Owen Hart Foundation uh, Memorial Tournament. That's fucking awesome. She went over the bunny. She qualified. She's technically the first person to qualify, and that's really awesome. But there's a lot going on in AEW right now. I will have to get Guapo back on here at some point to uh, to do some AEW content for you guys. But uh, to cut a very, very long story short, which I can't because I've already made it long, if you are looking forward to Supercard of Honor uh, this Friday, if you are looking forward to Multiverse of Madness this Friday, I do encourage you to go back one video. It should be the immediate previous video to this one in the feed. Um, I will also say... Uh, for anybody that is interested in Impact, I shot about a one and a half minute video from the Destiny show I was at this past weekend of uh, Moose attacking Josh Alexander's wife at the Destiny show. That was a lot of fun. That was after the main event of John Morrison versus Josh Alexander, which was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. But what can I say about... What can I say about NXT in general? I mean, it should say a lot that I don't review it anymore. You guys know that have been following me for a while. NXT used to be the flagpole of this channel until they ripped its heart out and gave it a rainbow enema. And that's a really disturbing visual, but it reflects how I feel about the brand. Um, also kind of goes hand in hand with the leaving of Triple H and obviously the recent news of Triple H. Uh, having to retire because of the heart issues that he had and the really, really scary shit that he went through. Uh, but NXT is not NXT anymore. Now, if I ignore the name, what they are calling NXT now is really a silly show. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I want to, if I want to be very nice about it, it's a very silly show with some enjoyable, silly stuff on it. We're going to talk about Tommaso Ciampa later, but Tommaso Ciampa is really the only thing left that has any feeling of the old black and gold uh, NXT. Um, which, ironically, to me, means it goes back to... I think I might have mentioned this in the video with Guapo earlier. Uh, it goes back to the feeling of the old one-hour NXT uh, when it was on the WWE Network. Not that it was silly, but it was sort of inessential. It was sort of hit and miss. It was sort of not not primetime appointment viewing necessarily, but the takeovers were always worth watching. If you wanted to get ready for a takeover, um, maybe watch the go-home show. It'll get you caught up on all the things going on. Usually there's only about five matches, and you were all set to go for the takeover, which was a cool pattern for a while. And then 
Uh, we have my controversial opinion that when it went to TV, when it went to two hours, it actually got better for a little bit before COVID hit and the world went away. And then we went to the CWC and then they ripped NXT's balls off before it got a chance to get an, a live audience of a decent size in there again, which makes me wonder what this is going to look like because this is, we did a few takeovers during COVID and that was depressing, was it not? This is the first outside of the PC NXT event since TakeOver Portland. And I want to send a quick shout out to our buddy Jake DeMarco, who I haven't been in touch with in quite a while. Last I spoke with him, he was he was dealing with his health stuff, which I'm not going to get into because it's not my place to say. I will say, uh, for those of you that are familiar with Jake, either from, from here or the Joe Cronin Show, if you uh, have a way of getting a hold of him just send him your love i keep doing it i hope to eventually hear from him and i hope to eventually have him back on the show but first and foremost is you know we all hope he's doing okay but the last thing he and i previewed uh, in the before time in the long long ago was takeover portland so takeover portland if you if they ever did a documentary for nxt and this is a super cheesy thing to say and i might do it one day when i get super bored uh, if they ever want to do something um, about like the fall of, of NXT, as it were, you would really have to refer to Portland as the last takeover, um, which is which is sad, which is really sad because it's one of those, you know, you see those uh, those memes on on Facebook or Twitter sometimes and you know they talk about like oh you know when you were kids and you had a million friends you know there was there at one point you hung out with one of your friends for the last time and neither of you knew it was going to be the last time you hung out well we got to hang out with NXT TakeOver at, 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 by watching the thing in Portland sorry I'm tripping over my words a little bit because I'm trying to get around to what I'm saying we all got to that were that were loyal to the to the black and gold uh, real NXT got to hang out in TakeOver Portland, which was a pretty decent show. It, it delivered on the high expectations that I had for it. I don't know about you guys, but none of us knew at the time that that was going to be the last true TakeOver. Um, which is a bummer. So you come to tonight, you come to NXT going to Texas to some... I don't even know the name of the stadium because I didn't write it down. Um, apparently it holds like 20,000 people and they're only selling 5,000 tickets or some ridiculous reduction like that. So I don't know. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know. Like to look to look at the show, as silly as this sounds, to look at the show called Stand and Deliver and not see the words takeover in front of it. Like takeover, stand and deliver was created during COVID, but it still sort of was at least trying to be a takeover. Uh, when we saw Vengeance Day recently, when we saw Halloween Havoc recently, when we saw, um, what was the other one? I can't remember what the other one was called, but, you know, all these things that used to have TakeOver in front of them, it's just one more reminder that this is not the NXT that we used to have, which is a bummer, but it's also got a, a slight uh, saving grace, if you will, in the curiosity factor, like what does a proper... NXT pay-per-view look like in the post-takeover era, if that's what we're going to call this, in the post-black and gold era. So I will, I'm not going to lie, I will be tuning in for for that, because if they just take that weird round stage thing that they have in the PC and plop it into an arena, and it just looks like a big episode of NXT or an elevated, uh, we talk all the time about how uh, 
both NXT and AEW have like elevated weekly episodes. If this pay-per-view, um, or sorry, premium live event, uh, just looks like a giant elevated weekly episode, then I'm going to consider it a failure, even though it will finally have a, a bigger, a bigger crowd. Um, but I don't know. Like, I want to be excited just because there's a fuck ton of wrestling this weekend. I want to be excited because we are seeing the first proper pay-per-view of this new weird NXT era. I want to be excited that there are some pretty fun matches on this show. I don't think there's anything here that's going to deliver you a five-star classic in the Tokyo Dome, brother. But I do think there's a... It's, and it's very similar to my opinion of how the WrestleMania build is going, and I will be getting into that in a, in a separate preview. But there's like there's nothing that's going to knock your socks off, but there's a lot of things on here that could be a lot of fun. I will say, uh, one thing I don't have clarity on at this point, I'm recording this on Wednesday right after, right after Dynamite, so to jump from watching Dynamite to doing an NXT video is, is a bit jarring in its own right. Um, there was a segment on this week's NXT between... Uh, Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell, where they were just trying to decide like who was the hotter couple, Index or or um, you know Persia Parada and and Duke Hudson. So they're gonna do something. I don't know whether it's a mixed tag match or whether it's a confrontation, whether it's a sketch, whether they're gonna shag in the ring, which you know whatever. But it'll be something. I don't know what to predict because we don't know what that something is going to be. And my camera light is flashing at me. Isn't that wonderful? Hopefully there's not going to be a very, very noticeable cut right here. And we're back. You can tell it's already been a long week when I refer to my recording program as my camera, because you guys haven't seen me in a while. I'm not going to lie. Um, nobody's really asked, but I feel like saying it anyway. It is just a lot easier to do audio. Like, I I get most of my response still on YouTube. I'm starting to get a bit of a response on Rumble, and the actual audio platforms are not quite taken off the way I would like them to, but doing, this, doing the strictly audio stuff is, it's just a lot easier. I'm not saying I'm never going to come back, never going to be on video. You're just going to see my super unimpressed with life face, and uh, I'm not sure that's the drawing uh, thing. For, uh, for you guys to come to the channel and check out the uh, videos, if I'm completely honest. But where were we? Yes, we may or may not have a mixed tag match with Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis, Duke Hudson, and Persia Parada. I... It's a bummer, because I went from not being able to stand Dexter Loomis to he fit as sort of like the one outside guy within the story of The Way, but then Candice LeRae went off and had a kid, and Johnny Gargano has left, and and Austin Theory's gone on to Raw to do stuff with Vince and Pat McAfee and The Egg. And what was left was Indy Hartwell, and Indy Hartwell, I thought it was cool. She went from being the student to being the teacher, and she brought in Persia Parada, but WWE did WWE things, and can they possibly get along? And no, they can't, because they're shagging. Now, I don't care. I do think it's hysterical. I do think the amount of, like, over-the-top, cheesy sex stuff that they do on NXT is hysterical. Mostly because it, it riles up weird guys like Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, who apparently hates sex. I don't know. You guys can't see me, but I'm doing a live-action shrug emoji. Now, I don't know how, though, I don't know how 
NXT are the ones that get all the pelters for being the overly sexed show when you look over to AEW, which I like. When you look over to Sammy Guevara and Tay Conte, who are awesome, who are cutting promos about spunking on the TNT title, and then uh, Eddie Kingston goes and takes it way too seriously and makes a tit of himself. When Miro's promos were all about how God chose him and that's why he shags his wife so much. When you've got overhyped pieces of nonsense like Naomi, whose finisher is still a bumming bits to the face. Uh, but yeah, we're going to single out NXT because it's the, it's the popular punchline. Um, it's why Toxic Attraction is so awesome because it winds up all the right people. So let's talk about Toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction in the form of Gigi Dolene and JC Jane are defending the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Now, a lot of convoluted stuff goes into this. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and really defend how we got here. Um, Gonzalez was teaming up with Cora Jade in the Dusty Cup. They did not win. Gonzalez got taken out, injured by uh, Toxic Attraction, and uh, and uh, Cora Jade went on and did like some Home Alone stuff with Toxic Attraction in their belts, which was a lot of fun, while Dakota Kai teamed up with Wendy Chu, who's very sleepy and got her pillow killed on NXT this week, which is, which is weird. Um, but then Toxic Attraction, um, we're going to talk about it later on, Toxic Attraction now have to deal with uh, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray, who won the Dusty Club, the, the Dusty Tag Team Cup, and decided to parlay that into throwing themselves into the women's title picture, which means that, in their minds, Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu failed to win the championship tournament that would have kept them from being in that scenario, I don't really know. So they took out Wendy Chu, um, as symbolized by a stabbed pillow, which was awkward. Dakota Kai, who's awesome, and, you know, you're not allowed to do creepy crazy stuff in the women's division in WWE, um, because we've already set the standard of making fun of Alexa Bliss for stuff like that, even though other companies have Abaddon and, I mean, Impact has Decay, who are fucking awesome, who are going for the tag titles at Multiverse of Matches, which is really good, so I'm cheering for them. Um, but she's now come down to be the face to take on Toxic Attraction 3-on-1 and got saved by Gonzalez, who she herself turned on not too long ago. So, a reunion of that team, and it was really cool. Um, sort of, the enemy of the enemy is my friend, bringing that team back together was really cool, and when they did get back together, and they did take out Toxic Attraction on this week's episode of NXT, yes, it was fast-tracked and forced, and did not have time to breathe at all, but you guys know, one of the things I've always said at the end of the day, is when I can tell wrestlers are genuinely having a good time, I'll have a good time, even if I'm not particularly into what they're doing. I've always used, um, you know, Miz and Maurice versus John Cena and Nikki Bella as the example. Like, that wasn't anything to write home about, honestly. It was a mixed tag match that was there to fill some time on the WrestleMania card, but it was four people that looked like they were having a blast and weren't taking it too seriously. It looks like Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez uh, are happy to be a team again, which is cool. It would be really nice if they hadn't fired Tegan Knox, because then you could have Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, who were also an awesome team, and them as babyfaces going after Toxic Attraction would be awesome. But apparently... Uh, Nixon Newell, I should say, is, is if the rumors are to be believed, she's dealing with visa issues at the moment and won't be showing up anywhere. NXT, WWE, Impact, ROH, AEW, 
Um, so that's unfortunate. But Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez going for the tag team titles. I don't... I'm going to give you guys a bit of a spoiler. I think Toxic Attraction as a threesome... Ha! Threesome NXT. Uh, as a threesome... I'm a child and I'm very tired. Um, as a threesome, they're either going to hold on to all their belts or they're going to lose all their belts. I don't think they're going to go halfway with that as an overarching story for the night. I wouldn't mind Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez picking the titles up again. Um, when they were out there cutting their promo this week on NXT and they said, oh, there's nobody left, who can possibly fight us or, or and, and uh, all that type of thing. I was really hoping we were going to get a re-emergence of Casey Catanzaro uh, Casey and Caden Carter because eventually WWE are going to realize what they've got in those two because right now they don't. Um, yeah, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez may or may not pick up their tag team championships. If they do, it won't hurt my feelings whatsoever. Speaking of things that hurt my feelings, I love LA Knight, yeah, I shouldn't do it, I know, let me talk to you, yeah, I know, I shouldn't do it, I shouldn't do impressions, we know this, you guys have been on this journey with me for a long time, we know I shouldn't do impressions, but yeah, I'm gonna do it anyways, as, as what culture would say. Now, again, it's one of those, take it back a year or so, if you're gonna do LA Knight versus Walter, this would be awesome. This would be like the smart-ass like, combination of The Rock and The Miz coming up against the brick wall known as Walter. Uh, but now he's Gunther, and they've gone through the whole name change conspiracy, and oh my god, historical implications, except, you know, not gonna lie, my name's pretty regular, and there's a hundred other people, a thousand other people, a hundred thousand other people in the world with the same name as me that have not done the same things in their life that I have, so we need to kind of get over that shit a little bit, so he goes back to having no last name. Um, over the course of COVID, the guy, well, I'm gonna say Walter, because fuck calling him Gunther, um, he's apparently done some insane workout shit and got himself, like, trimmed down and in really good shape, which is awesome, and as a human being, I want to like you know give him give him the old condescending pat on the back. But at the same time, Gunther was or Walter or whatever you want to call him was more imposing when he was bigger. So I it's almost a uh, ironic like how dare you get in better shape because now you're not as imposing. Now the at least one of the other guys on his team is bigger than him. Now he was a giant. He was a larger than life guy to, to use that cliche before they turned him into Gunther, and now, like, the giant baby man is sort of like the average-sized baby man walking around in golf shirts and doing, like, 20-minute cliche WWE matches, which is really unfortunate. Because I would love, because I like the LA Knight character, yeah, I'm gonna stop doing it, no, I'm probably not. Um, LA Knight conquering Walter as we knew him would be awesome. There's no reason... Like, even if he was Walter, there's no reason for him to win here, because, I'm sorry, Imperium, I know people are warming up to them now, and I'm warming up to Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner, because they're starting to be a little bit fun, but their gimmick as a whole is, like, the antithesis of everything NXT 2.0 is now, which should work, which should make them stick out, but it's, it's sort of like, why are you here, type thing. So, LA Knight going over Walter would be a cool thing for LA Knight, and uh, maybe propel him into the title picture, eventually get an LA Knight versus Braun Breaker thing, and LA Knight, ver LA Knight versus Dolph Ziggler, I wouldn't mind, because I'm kind of hoping Dolph Ziggler hangs around in NXT a little bit. I know that's not a popular opinion either, but it's fine. Um, because he is Gunther, and all that that implies, and because his backup is otherwise entailed, uh, on this particular night, uh, Gunther's going down, and it's gonna—he's gonna—I think he's gonna go down relatively easily, too, which is 
really like I say with with one year of hindsight that's really really sad that I can predict like that that he's gonna go down uh, but it works in the favor of LA Knight who I really like so what can I really complain about Tommaso Ciampa versus Tony D'Angelo the one of the best of the black and gold brand versus one of my favorite characters of the 2.0 era uh, Tony D'Angelo is basically doing the... What's a good example? Oh, people are going to hate this too. Um, with all due respect to Triple H, who, like I said, just had to retire and had a hell of a career and I have an infinite amount of respect for, Tony D'Angelo is Sheamus and Tommaso Ciampa is Triple H. You know, you're the new guy, you want to get on the card, you're not in a title picture, you're not in a long-standing feud, so what do you do? You go and you bite the biggest dog in the yard. Yes, we're going to be teaming with cliches tonight, and that's what Tony D'Angelo's done to Tommaso Ciampa, but Tony D'Angelo is a Sopranos character transplanted into pro wrestling. So he's got the crowbar and he's got the mafia and he's got, I'm gonna tell you about business. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do impressions. We know this. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and he's gonna, he's gonna beat him too, which is the sad thing because the people that have, have stayed around in NXT, um, Gargano did it on his way out. Cole did it on his way out. O'Reilly did it on its way out. Bobby Fish just kind of left. Roderick Strong is going to do it on his way out. Um, Tommaso Ciampa's going to put over Tony D'Angelo, and I think he's on his way out. Um, to branch into sort of a separate conversation, um, his promo this past week, where he talks about everything that the fans have been along with him for the ride, and all that kind of thing since 2015, and he goes into some really personal shit about him and his family, and his wife, and the struggles that they've had, and the physical problems that he's had, and it was very real, it was very heartfelt, and it was very not anything that fit into a normal NXT show. But um, he put the chair, that chair that he usually throws at the door at the end of his backstage promos, he just sort of laid it out on the on the wall there. And, you know, it was his starting date back in 2015 to uh, the date of TakeOver. Or, sorry, I shouldn't even, oh, it's not even a TakeOver, that's really sad, to the date of Stand and Deliver. Um... This is I I think they're just sort of they're they're flagpoling it as as his, sort of his swan song. He's gonna lose. He's gonna have that thank you Champa moment after the match, um, and he's gonna go on his merry way. Now, if I'm selfish and I'm looking over the other side of the fence where they do a whole lot of tag team wrestling, I would really really like to see DIY in AEW along with Candice LeRae when she's ready to go. So, I mean, Tony Storm's over there. We just saw that this week. Get, get some DIY over there in, in a couple of weeks or whatever. It wouldn't hurt my feelings in the slightest. I mean, the Undisputed Era, for lack of a better term, is running wild over AEW right now. They even did a, a fake Golden Prophecy promo this week, which was awesome because Adam Cole is the better Adam. Let's be real. I'm not tangenting over to AEW. Let's bring it back to NXT. Um, Tommaso Ciampa is going to put over Tony D'Angelo on his way out the door, on his way out of the territory, as as the old school guys would say. And I shouldn't say that because I never watched any territory stuff, so I'm talking out of my ass. Um, I said it at the beginning of the video, and I'm kind of going to say it now. Uh, if I can use another Triple H reference, when he and Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker had that, or 
Shawn Michaels wasn't in the match, but he was the referee uh, at Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania a couple years ago, and they called it the end of the era, which didn't really work because all of them wrestled again after that. Um, Tommaso Ciampa leaving NXT will be the last remnants of the old uh, black and gold NXT. So that's that's going to be a thing. Now, most of the people that watch black and gold NXT are already gone, so there's not even anybody left to mourn it as silly as that sounds, but it's going to be a thing. Tony D'Angelo is going to hit him with a crowbar or they're going to do something stupid. And we're going to, we're going to get on, we're going to get on from there. Um, but I hope after he does put, put him over, I do hope they give him his moment in the sun to take his, you know, take his flowers, so to speak, uh, and, and go on his merry way. I hope they don't just cut to a commercial after the after the match is over, which would be really shitty. Speaking of timing, and I know this is is not something that's going to affect most people. How do we feel about the midday pay per view? How do we feel about the midday pay per view? It's happening. I mean, at least at, on my time, anyways. It's happening at noon on day one of WrestleMania. So we're going to watch a couple hours of this. We're going to take a breather, and then we're going to watch a couple hours of WrestleMania. Then we're going to go to bed. Then we're going to watch a couple more hours of WrestleMania after the loaded Friday that Guapo and I spoke about in the last episode, which consists of SmackDown, Rampage, the Hall of Fame, Multiverse of Matches, and the Supercard of Honor, if you're watching all of those. Um, how do we feel about the 12... Like, do we want to bump... Do we want to move SmackDown for one week and have the takeover on the Friday? Then you have your two nights of WrestleMania. Do we want to do what... Oh, it was a great suggestion, and who said it? I think it was Good Mike Work. Shout out to Greg over on the Good Mike Work channel. He's a good dude. Uh, but he suggested if we're going to keep doing the two-night WrestleMania, why don't we move the Hall of Fame ceremony to SummerSlam? And I think that's a fucking fantastic idea. Um, there would be some logistics to work out. Um, it'd be cool to see if you're doing it in the summer, you could do the, um, the Hall of Fame ceremony in an outdoor venue. That would be really cool. And it would be less problematic than the Oscars where, you know, physical assault in front of a worldwide audience is apparently just okay. And it makes you a hero. And, and, um, Wade Barrett called Will Smith a cuck on NXT and I laughed harder than I have in a long, long time. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're listening right now on, uh, on Rumble or on YouTube, put a comment down in the box below. If you're listening to me in a podcast form, hit me up at Spaz Phoenix on Twitter. Let me know how you how you guys are feeling about the, uh, the middle of the day pay per view. We got to get used to the middle of the day pay per views though, because apparently the next Saudi Arabia pay per view is going to be TLC. So let's take weapons to Saudi Arabia. Anyways, let's not let's not do that right now. Let's go on to the next match instead. The Tag Team Championships, Imperium defending against MSK and the Creed Brothers. The Creed Brothers are dumb jocks, which is fun. MSK, I really like. MSK, in the old NXT, was a harbinger of things to come, was a harbinger of what new NXT was going to be like, wasn't it? And then Imperium are just... They were the boring guys, and now they're the the wrestler guys, which doesn't work because the Creed brothers are there to be the wrestler guys, and you've got MSK stuck in the middle. Now you've got this other sort of embedded storyline where somebody attacked the Creed brothers, which is why they didn't get their title shot uh, after winning the Dusty Cup. MSK took their place um, and lost, and there's been a big schmoz, and there's been a big ruction in the entire tag team division. Uh, 
Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs and uh, Legato Del Fantasma are having separate fights over who, which one of them they think attacked the Creed brothers. I mean, Legato Del Fantasma are heels, so I don't know why they would care who attacked another team. I think that would be right up their alley. Um, people are seeming to imply that MSK are the ones that did the attack, that MSK are turning heel, but I really don't know what MSK are going to do after this show, because if you follow the dirt sheets, one of them, and I don't even remember which one it was, because it's just, it's so much nonsense, uh, one of them got me too'd, so that could derail their whole career, they could be out the door, because that's just how the world is right now, but on the other side of the coin, how long did it take us to get rid of Velveteen Dream? Velveteen Dream, who's still complaining on social media and in interviews that he was so screwed, but he'd still take a call from WWE if they called him. No thanks, you can stay home, no diddlers on my wrestling show, thank you very much. Um, you got two pretty much straight up wrestling tag teams, and one tag team that's really fun, so I'm hoping MSK I'm hoping MSK win, and then they get attacked by who the actual people that did the attack on the Creed Brothers were. And I hope they use this as the opportunity to just introduce introduce a new tag team. I, I have it be Decay. Have Decay come over from from Impact into NXT. I don't really know. I have no idea who I would want to to come over. Um, I just don't, and I'm not feeling very creative tonight, so I'm going to leave it at that. I hope it's a new team, I hope it's a big surprise, and I hope while everybody's looking at MSK, MSK are actually vindicated because they get beaten down by who the secret attackers actually were. Now we come to Mandy Rose, Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray in a fatal four-way match for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, everybody in this match has has attachments to a certain degree because it's a fatal four-way and fatal four-ways triple threats um, multi-person pile of people matches are usually no disqualification which leaves all kinds of opportunity for mandy rose to get uh obviously her her girls involved if they're still the champions they can come in with the tag belts and attack somebody if they're not champions anymore they could use that vengeance to attack whoever's attacking Mandy Rose. That's a cool story. Cora Jade has had some loose associations with um, Gonzalez, and I mean, if she's friends with Gonzalez and Gonzalez is friends with Dakota, maybe they could do a run in and do a bit of help. Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray helped each other get to where they are, so there's going to be a bit of that. But Io Shirai also has another former tag team partner in the realm of Zoe Stark. Now, I know she's injured in real life. But if she's okay to at least do a run-in or hit somebody with a crutch, that could be a thing as well. Here is the deal, right? I would love to think that this is the launching pad for Cora Jade. I really like Cora Jade. I think as a babyface, she's fucking fantastic. Is she perfect in the ring? Absolutely not. But NXT has gone back to being an actual developmental system. So I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I've been really happy what they've done with Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction beyond the obvious reasons because I am a dude and everything works. Um, Mandy Rose is one of those people that never really got her fair shake. When she was tag teaming with Sonya Deville, in NXT the first time, neither one of them got a fair shake. Sonya Deville's still not getting a fair shake. Even after all the personal stuff she's been through, she's still being used as a tool to put over somebody like Naomi. But Mandy Rose went to the main roster, she never got a fair shake either. She's come back to NXT, completely reinvented herself again, created Toxic Attraction, and got herself a belt. Good for her. It's all good. It's fucking fantastic. Io Shirai 
is probably the best wrestler in this match, but she's been minted already as their champion and already been recognized as one of their best champions ever. Um, as much as I'm sure she's going to work her ass off in this match, I don't think having another title reign under her belt does anything for her at this particular moment. Throwing the belt on Kaylee Ray is interesting in the sense of I still kind of see Kaylee Ray as somebody that's visiting, visiting from NXT UK, even though I know she's come, she's come over. And it's sort of solidified now. Like, Walter is is uh, solidified over now. Like, A-Kid is solidified over now. And I think... Um, is it is is it Flash Morgan Webster and, and Mark Andrews that might be coming over from NXT UK as well? I don't know. I haven't watched NXT UK in time. But throwing the belt on her would sort of solidify her move to the main roster NXT... Um, but I'm still going to say either Mandy retains or Cora Jade gets the belt, and we can we can build up legitimate people around Cora Jade to make her title reign work. And I think you can't. I think she can't help but learn from interacting with people like Mandy Rose from a character point of view, like Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray from an in-ring work work rate point of view. And as I said, uh, much like I said in the tag team match, I think Toxic Attraction either leaves with all three belts or none. So it's going to kind of be a little bit of a spoiler for me. If Toxic Attraction lose their belts, yeah, I'm assuming earlier in the night, uh, I think it'll be a bit of a spoiler for, for me that, to say that Mandy Rose is going to drop it. And if she's dropping it, it's going to go to Cora Jade or Kaylee Ray, and Io Shirai is just going to do her part to make this match look fucking awesome. Now, we've got the ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. And I said, in the video I just did with Guapo, there are two matches that I think could steal the show at WrestleMania of, of WrestleMania weekend. Neither one of them are happening at WrestleMania. One of them is the intergender Ultimate X match for the X Division Championship at Multiverse of Matches, which is a bunch of awesome people and Jordan Grace. Uh, it's, Trey, it's, it's Trey Miguel, it's Rich Swan, Willie Mack, uh, Vincent, I'm forgetting some, oh, Chris Bay, and Jordan Grace. Now, that's going to be fantastic. I, there's a small part of me, uh, the more I think about it after we were done recording, the more I think that uh, Jordan Grace might take it. Uh, so I'm going back on what I said in the previous video, actually, now, because I'm recording this a day later. Um, but the other match is this one. Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, Santos Escobar, Solo Sokoa, and Cameron Grimes. Now, Grayson Waller is entertaining as hell. Santos Escobar is long overdue, a really, really, really celebrated title run. I would love San um, Legato Del Fantasma to do what... Uh, toxic attraction are doing right now in the in the whole like you know golden prophecy we're all holding belts at the same time, but the rest of Legado de Fantasma are not in that tag team championship match this particular evening. So I think we'll save that for another day. I really really like Solo Sokoa. Solo Sokoa is like there's not too much story to him. He's from the islands. We all know he's related to the Usos. The crowd doesn't ever cease to remind us of that. But he just comes in. And he basically, without saying anything, he's like, I'm a badass, and I'm, and I'm going to kill you, and that's going to be that. Um, small part of me would love it if this was just Carmelo Hayes versus Solo Sokoa. Now, 
if you want to take it out of being a pile of people match and make it a one-on-one, -on -one, they would have had to have fabricated a story, but that's fine. Um, I would really, I like Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller's entertaining as hell, but he doesn't need a belt. Santino, uh, I almost called him Santino Morella. Santos Escobar will get a title at some point. It's not going to be this weekend. Solo Sokoa would be my personal pick if they don't keep it on Carmelo Hayes. And Cameron Grimes is who they're clearly going to give it to because they've given him all the emotional promo shit to get up to here. Oh, I've been failing, I've been failing, but now I finally succeeded and I finally get my shot and we talk about family stuff and his dad that passed away and all that. We've spent more time with his character than we have with Carmelo Hayes, the current champion that put all this together in the first place. So they're kind of telegraphing that it's going to be Grimes and I don't, I don't dislike that, but there's some a lot more fun options in the mix. Carmelo Hayes is fucking awesome. Carmelo Hayes, as much as I don't want him to go to the main roster because the main roster still does ruin people, the guy is already main roster ready. Like, you could throw him on SmackDown tomorrow and go title for title with Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship, considering... Ricochet is defending his Intercontinental Championship against a tag team on the WrestleMania SmackDown, which is not even really WrestleMania. And then, and then your U.S. champion is is in the Battle Royal. Yep, like, we're not doing that tonight, but yeah, that's how that's going. So, in a way, you could say that the NXT North American Championship is being treated better than most mid-card championships at the moment. I mean, the on SmackDown, the Intercontinental title is in a really lame match. On Raw, the US title isn't even being defended. On AEW, the TNT championship is getting spunked on, and the TBS title is being wasted on what's-her-face with the green hair. Um, so, yeah. Uh, North, NXT North American Championship is the most valuable mid-card championship in wrestling, considering right off the top of my head, oh yes, yes I can, I can remember, I was about to say I can't remember who the X Division champion is over in Impact, but it's Trey Miguel, and that's perfectly fine, and he's going to be in the other match that I'm really looking forward to this weekend, so see that all tied together, my very, very tired brain just did manage to put all of that together. And yes, we get to the main event, which is exactly what it is. It's the guy that's been around forever versus the guy that's been here for five minutes. It's Dolph Ziggler recreating himself in NXT versus Braun Breaker. Now, Dolph Ziggler has kind of followed the Mandy Rose example of like totally being misused on the main roster and having a rebirth on NXT. I really, part of me, I know he's part of a tag team. I know the Dirty Dogs are a thing. I know he's a heel and he's going to want to have somebody help him retain his championship. But I really hope that Bobby Roode isn't here for this. I'm I'm all for the whole story of, oh, some, some outsider came into our brand and took the title and I'm going to get it back and all that kind of thing. You know, some weird Steiner energy on the same weekend that the Steiner brothers are going into the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to Vader. Congratulations to The Undertaker. And Booker T's wife will be there too. Hopefully Booker T doesn't walk onto the stage and punch anybody. Moving on. Uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker is going to have like a really, really weird dumb jock energy. And I know I've said that quite a bit on a few videos now. But it is. It's going to have an insanely like... Braun Breaker is the, the Steiner 
version of Dumb Jock Energy, and Dolph Ziggler is the superstar version of Dumb Jock Energy. <laughs> so, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, if Ziggler manages... Here's the thing that... Where, here's where most people are going to disagree with me, and I've already said this before, but I'm going to say it again. If Ziggler holds on to that belt past Stand and Deliver and has like an actual decent run in NXT rather than rushing back to the main roster, that won't hurt my feelings either, because what are they doing with him on the main roster? He's one of the few tag teams that doesn't have a tag team match at WrestleMania, which means what the hell is Bobby Roode? Bobby Roode isn't even in the Battle Royal on WrestleMania SmackDown. That's that's all I'm saying. So leave him down there. Let him have a run. Let him have a feud that lasts longer than one night with Braun Breaker. I'd be fine with it. Uh, if Braun Breaker does win, he's going to get him with that spear. Ziggler's going to sell it like he's been cut in half. And that'll also be fine. But I'm I'm going to go with my gut here. I kind of I kind of hope Ziggler retains and hangs around in NXT. I know I'm going against the grain there, um, but it is it is what it is. And that's that's all I've got. That's a very downtrodden, that is a very defeatist way for me to end the video. Uh, but like I said, there's nothing other than the ladder match, because the ladder match I do have high expectations for. There's nothing in ring here that I'm predicting is going to blow me away. And that's really sad to say. But at the same time, there's a lot of fun, there's a lot of storytelling, there's a lot of really weird character energy. And that's what NXT 2.0 is actually better at than actual wrestling. Which is really, really sad. Every time I try to throw them a compliment, it's like, yeah, it's good, but it's not what I want NXT to be. It's not what my NXT was, but I'm going to probably end every video I ever do about NXT with that thought from now on, because I'm stubborn, and I want things the way they were. Um, it is going to be an interesting show. It's going to be really weird. It's going to be in the middle of the day. We're, this is going to be the first couple of hours of about eight hours of wrestling this Saturday. We're all going to be very tired by the end of this weekend, I'm assuming. Um, I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. Let me know if you guys are going to watch this on the day, or if you're going to leave it and, and catch up on it later, or uh, if you have any um, predictions. If you think you know what they're going to do with Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson and Persia Parada, because they weren't really that clear themselves on the show. But yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with that's it, because I wish there was more to say other than here are some goofy matches, some of them I think might be fun. I could have done a one-minute video and just said that, but instead I've rambled your ears off for about 45 minutes. Instead, I do thank you if you've lasted with me up until the end, throw it down in the box below, or hit me up on Twitter and say, hey, Spaz, I actually made it to the end of your bullshit ramble. Uh, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation, keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later, probably sooner than you think, and I'm tagging out. Bye, guys.